Our reading for today comes from the Gospel of Mark, the fifth chapter, verses 1 through 20. You can read along on page 7 in your bulletin. They went across the lake to the region of the Gerasenes. When Jesus got out of the boat, a man with an impure spirit came from the tombs to meet him. This man lived among the tombs, and no one could bind him anymore, not even with a chain. For he had often been been chained hand and foot, but he tore the chains apart and broke through the irons on his feet. No one was strong enough to subdue him. Night and day among the tombs and in the hills, he would cry out and cut himself with stones. When he saw Jesus from a distance, he ran and fell on top of his knees in front of him, and he shouted at the top of his voice, What do you want with me, Jesus, son of the most high God? In God's name, don't torture me. For Jesus had said to him, Come out of this man, you impure spirit. Then Jesus asked him, What is your name? My name is Legion, he replied, for we are many. And he begged Jesus again and again not to send him out of the area. A large herd of pigs was feeding on the nearby hillside. The demons begged Jesus, send us among the pigs, allow us to go into them. He gave them permission. And the impure spirits came out and went into the pigs. The herd, about 2,000 in number, rushed down to the steep bank and into the lake and were drowned. Those tending the pigs ran off and reported this in the town and the countryside. And the people went out to see what had happened. When they came to Jesus, they saw the man who had been possessed by a legion of demons sitting there, dressed in his right mind and in his right mind, and they were afraid. Those who had seen it told the people what had happened to the demon-possessed man and told about the pigs as well. Then the people began to plead with Jesus to leave their region. As Jesus was getting into the boat, The man who had been demon-possessed begged to go with him. But Jesus did not let him, but said, Go home to your own people and tell them how much the Lord has done for you and how he has had mercy on you. So the man went away and began to tell in the Decapolis how much Jesus had done for him. And all the people were amazed. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Amen. So yesterday, the mission and uh, ministry team gathered, and we were thinking about and planning events for the next few months. But before we actually started to talk about the events, we decided to a game. It was a game designed by our own Rob Hamilton to help us kind of, and and as I would say, know the unknown knowns. And that how we as a church community are dealing with things at this point in our lives. Part of the game was to determine if we agreed or not with one of the phrases. And what I observed from all of this was that there were two, there was a set of phrases that I kept hearing over and over again, and I don't think that this was by accident. 
one of the phrases was, God will provide. The other one went kind of that we are a small congregation, but we are enough. Now, small congregations, as like us, always face self-esteem issues. We live in a culture that places a lot of trust and faith in big things. And small things are not regarded as very important. So the fact that we as a congregation are considered small can make us feel that we are not able to do much in this world. And we might even think that God cannot use us because of our size. It is hard for us to believe that who we are is in fact all that God needs. And we can't really believe that God will provide what we need to do God's work in the world. But the fact is, both of those statements that I talked about are true. But again, because we live in a culture where we tend to worship size and power, it is tempting to think that we just don't matter. So our passage today is Jesus and his disciples. They cross the Sea of Galilee and they go to an area called the Gerasenes, which is a Gentile area. Now, not basically a minute that Jesus gets out of the boat, he meets probably the strangest welcoming party. A man, as the text says, is possessed by an impure spirit, a demon, and he comes before Jesus. This man was known by the town, and he lived in the town cemetery, howling like a wolf and cutting himself with stones. The townsfolk had tried many times to try to contain him, and they would use shackles and chains, but in his state, he was able to break free. And now, he lived a solitary life in a cemetery, tormented by spirits. So this man, who is possessed, comes before Jesus, and I can imagine hearing him saying this in a very odd voice, what have you to do with us? And this evil spirit knows who they are dealing with. They are, and it seems to be saying, why are you here? Don't you see that I have a good thing going here? Why are you trying to interrupt it? Too often when we talk about this text, and a lot of people don't like to even really want to preach this text, we are disturbed by the talk of possession. We don't like to talk about it because in some ways, especially in our own culture, it is so foreign to us. Now, if we were in another part of the world, let's say Africa or Latin America, people might see this differently. They understand the nature of evil in our world and they would not be surprised 
that a man like this was possessed by an evil spirit. What this reminds us is the fact that evil is present in our world and it manifests itself in many ways. You don't have to twirl your head around and spew pea soup. There are many ways that we see evil present itself. There is, I remember, a painting that by Norman Rockwell. And Rockwell is very well known for painting pieces of Americana. But every so often, he was also good at creating compelling art that fit the times. And one such work from Rockwell is called Murder in Mississippi. It was painted in 19, it was put together, he painted it in 1965 for Look Magazine, and it was based on events that had occurred months earlier. And this you may well do know. This was the murder of three civil rights workers. And the painting shows a very haunting image. One of the, of the three is on the ground and we assume dead. The sec a second man is standing and looking this way. And a third is a third man. You could see blood on his shirt. He's holding on to the second person, almost pleading and afraid of what's going to happen. And we realize what this person is looking at is a shadow, a shadow that shows three people. Again, showing in some ways like an evil spirit that is ready to do evil work in the world. Evil is weird, it's, it's real. The shadows in some ways represented demons or maybe people who were possessed by a hatred. Because of course things such as racism can, and especially how it was sometimes manifested itself in the South and in other parts of the United States, was certainly demonic. So it is a reminder, demons are real. This demon, or demons, begged Jesus to send them into the swine. They knew that the gig was up, that they were going to be kicked out, but they wanted to at least have some place to go. And so Jesus sends them, gives them permission to go into the pigs. So now the pigs, who are so or now tormented, run themselves off a cliff and into onto their deaths. The townsfolk are alerted of this matter. They see this man who they had known for years was basically living off in the dis in a, in a faraway place, howling and doing crazy things. It's now normal. He's clothed, he's seated next to Jesus. It's like he was never possessed. Now, you think that these people would be 
happy that this person was healed. But they kind of see that, and they also see a sea full of dead pigs, and they got scared. And they begged Jesus to leave the region. Sometimes when Jesus encounters, and when especially we encounter as Christians, evil, people are not always going to be happy about the evil leaving. For whatever reason, sometimes the spirit of Christ is so powerful that that in alone can scare people. But what we know is that this man doesn't just go on his way, but in fact, he wanted to go with Jesus. And Jesus tells him, tell the people what what has happened to you. And he becomes an apostle, someone that sends the good news out. And he is going, and he goes throughout his region to tell of what God had done in his life. He becomes a witness to the power of Jesus. So I began this talking a little bit about what we had done yesterday about mission and ministry in small churches. And so what does this have to do with us? Before I ask that question, think about this story. Who do we identify with? Do we identify with the man who is tormented with demons? Is it the people of the region who are scared with what have happened? Or is it the healed man that goes and tells everyone what God has done? As a church, sometimes, and as a community of faith, we can be, in some ways, dealing with our own demons. They may not be as great as racism or as as Nazism, but there are demons that sometimes keep us afraid and keep us scared and away from each other. Sometimes we are afraid, actually, of seeing the power of Christ in the world because that may get us outside of our, our comfort zones. It may push us to do things that we really don't want to do, but it is what God is calling us to do. And then finally, there is that third person that is the person that is now healed, that goes and tells everyone of what God has done in their lives. And that is the third person that we who know how we have been freed in Christ, go and tell. We are always somewhere between in all of those three people at some point. We don't understand and believe sometimes that God can do great things through us. And in many ways, we are called to do so because the times demand it. Outside the walls of this congregation this morning, we have issues that keep people bound. 
For some, there are issues of dealing with racism. And that is a very live issue this day. Others, especially our youth, are dealing with homelessness. Again, not an issue that we see a lot in this community, but it is very, very present. Then there are others that are dealing with alcohol and drug addiction or mental illness or abuse. There are many ways that evil is making itself present in the world. But we are the church. We are the ones that follow Jesus, the same one that had the authority and the power to cast out demons. Do we, as Christ's people, believe that God will provide? Do we believe that God has given us enough to be enough in the world? And do we believe that Jesus has called us to go to heal people? And that Jesus was willing to go anywhere to heal anyone? The spirit that empowered Jesus to go, to do, to heal, and to tell is the same spirit that has been given to us. Are we willing to take hold of it and witness to the power of Jesus? <clears throat> God will provide, dear church. God tells us every day that we are enough to be and to do God's will in the world. Thanks be to God. Amen. <clears throat>